Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Debate night, immediately following the live broadcast of this program, the debate will begin. So stick with us as we discuss that and so much more that's going on. So much more. I mean, it's unbelievable. Look, I'm not going to dumb down this show the way the media have done down so much to, what do you think this one will say? What do you think that one will say? What is the point of that? We're going to hear the debates or the debating, in three hours. In three hours. And we'll all be watching it, and I'll comment on it tomorrow. I want to just give you a word of caution that after the debate, I would shut the television. Because you're going to have all kinds of people on positioning themselves, and you know the media hate the president. So they've already, in so many respects, written their stories, and it's just fill-in-the-blank time for them. Not only do the media hate the president, the media have been trying to throw issues out there for Chris Wallace to use in the lead-up to the debate, led by the New York Times, of course. Now, if you want to talk about the debate, I'm not against talking about the debate. So, Mr. Call Screener, if people want to talk about the debate, give their opinions, by all means, we want to invite you in. But one of the things that is likely to come up, the president's taxes. And I was in the car this morning, and I heard my buddy Chris Plant on WMEL. I couldn't hear the whole thing, but I heard him mention paragraph 78, 79, or 80 of the New York Times hit job on Sunday about the president's taxes. So I went and looked at those paragraphs. And son of a gun, he hit on something. Often does. I want to read something to you. 
because this tax issue now has been going on for at least 48 hours. The Democrats have been running ads, and it's been in two and a half news cycles, which, of course, is the point of the New York Slimes hit job. But I want you to listen to this. This was deep, way deep into the long war and peace article that the New York Times had written based on stolen documents. And by the way, those documents they would not release to the president's lawyer to comment on. And now you're going to find out why. I want to quote from the story, deep into the story, two sentences. Quote, ready? Mr. Trump was periodically required to pay a parallel income tax called the alternative minimum tax. Created as a tripwire to prevent wealthy people from using huge deductions, including business losses, to entirely wipe out their tax liabilities. Mr. Trump paid alternative minimum tax in seven years between 2000 and 2017. A total of $24,300,000, excluding refunds he received after filing. Now, many of you who file tax returns, like me, you'll file, you'll pay your taxes and you'll seek a refund. Because you've overpaid your taxes or whatever. $24.3 million paid by the president under the alternative minimum tax in seven years between 2000 and 2017. All you've been hearing is about $750. Regurgitated all over cable TV by one moron after another. For 2015, they say he paid $641,931, his first payment of any federal income tax since 2010. Now, that's a throwaway line. It's of no consequence whatsoever. The fact is, for a seven-year period, he paid the alternative minimum tax $24.3 million. So why did the New York Times stick this way, way, way at the bottom of their article? And you can see that these so-called news people didn't even read to the end of the article. Even though it was a hit job. Even though it was very, very long. They didn't have the attention span to get to the bottom because they had their headline. $750. So when the president said this is fake news, I've paid millions of dollars in taxes. You know, we need to see these so-called documents that were stolen and that the New York Times obtained. But he's right. He's paid millions of dollars in taxes. Now, I hope if this issue comes up that Chris Wallace will have had access to this information, will have actually read this article, and be prepared to raise it. Because you know full well Joe Biden's going to raise it. Again, Mr. Trump, I quote, paid alternative minimum tax in seven years between 2000 and 2017, a total of $24.3 million, excluding refunds he received after filing. Not $750, which is how they led their hit job on the President of the United States. This is the problem with tax returns, even forlorn tax returns. When you are a multi-billionaire and you have multiple properties, it becomes complex. 
Now, Nancy Pelosi, who will not release her taxes, despite the fact she's number two in line for the presidency, she said the President of the United States is a national security risk because he has $400 million owing next year. First of all, $400 million owing next year. Let me ask you a question. He's got scores of properties. Obviously, he can sell one of them if he wants to, or some of them. Or he can delay the debt, he can... He can spread out the debt, and that's assuming she's right. But remember, the Democrats wanted his tax returns to see what business he was doing with the Russians. He wasn't doing any business with the Russians. Zero. Didn't get one plug nickel from the Russians. Nothing. And yet they are hammering this away to show, you see, the working men and women of the country that Donald Trump's not one of them. Scranton, Pennsylvania, Joe versus Park Avenue, New York, Trump. And yet we know as a matter of fact that Joe Biden and Joe Biden set up an S-corporation, exploited the S-corporation process to avoid paying over half a million dollars towards Social Security and Medicare. He goes on and on about Social Security and Medicare. So... Over $13 million they earned from book royalties and speaking fees. They set up an S-corporation. Not one penny towards Social Security and Medicare. Let's hope Chris Wallace has that information too. My problem here, ladies and gentlemen, is that Joe Biden is more obsessed with the president's tax returns than your tax returns. He lies about this. He's going to massively increase taxes on you. While he claims he's, oh, no, no, no. I'm only going to raise it on the top one-tenth of one percent. People who earn over $400,000 a year. The same guy who avoided Social Security and Medicare deductions. Now, I want you to think about that. Joe Biden wrote the tax laws, voted for the tax laws, wrote the tax laws, voted for the tax laws, from which he benefited. President Trump didn't write the tax laws or vote on the tax laws. He and his accounts took them as they are. So he's, who's the sleazeball here? And as I said the other day, in the course of his, of his uh, business career, the President of the United States has employed thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of hard working class people, union and non-union. Women and men, all walks of life, all creeds, all ethnicities, all races, paying them solid wages and giving them benefits for a hard day's work. Joe Biden talks about it. He's never done a damn thing about it. Nothing. Nothing. And so the New York Times hit really should have backfired. And even as I speak to you today, even though I posted this information on my social sites, the fact of the matter is, the Democrats keep talking about $750, not $24.3 million. I'm doing the fact-checking, you see. I'll be right back. Folks, I have something serious to talk to you about. 
I don't have to tell you that we're in a fight for the soul of the country. One side in our country claims that America was founded on banned principles and built on oppression. They've even put together a distorted history of America, the New York Times 1619 Project. The other side knows, like you do, that our country's done more to achieve and advance liberty than any other in history. The best way to fight back? Teach the truth. Today we can learn the true story of America from the college that's better at teaching it than any other, Hillsdale College. My friends at Hillsdale have put together a great free online course called The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. And folks, that's just what we need right now, hope. So get inspired. Sign up today for free at levinforhillsdale.com for Hillsdale's course on the glorious history of the last best hope on earth, America, and share it with others. That's levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. The New York Times, when the New York Times said that the president didn't pay any taxes, pay no income tax for seven years, from 2010 to 2017, the AMT is called the Alternative Minimum Tax. The sleight of hand here is unconscionable. Unconscionable. They say he paid no income tax for seven years, but he paid the alternative minimum tax for seven years, an average of three and a half million under the alternative minimum tax for each year of the seven years. And as they point out at the excellent site, the Daily Howler, the New York Times emphasizes this, but this is a distinction without a difference. This is what the president said. This is all fake. I paid millions of dollars in federal income taxes. Oh, no, you didn't. You didn't pay federal income taxes. And then only $750. No. He paid tens of millions in federal taxes. The alternative minimum tax. Tax. It's an alternative form of the income tax. And to hear Joe and Mika as they point out at the Daily Hallett, literally illiterate. People who make seven or eight figures themselves to keep spewing these lies about the president's tax. When you dig deeply into the New York Times piece itself, what the news media will not do, you find out that the president of the United States spent almost, paid almost $25 million dollars In the alternative minimum tax. It's an alternative to the federal income tax. And I guarantee you that many of the reporters reporting on this have had to do exactly the same thing. You have Joe Scarborough who says 10 out of 15 years, Trump paid 0% in taxes. That's a flat out lie. Flat out lie. He's not even counting the millions he paid in the alternative tax. So all day long, all day long, these illiterate buffoons, all day long yesterday, these illiterate buffoons going on. And then you have these these clowns, these former federal prosecutors on CNN and MSNBC. You know, when Trump leaves office, I bet he's indicted for tax fraud. For what? 
So the president, just so you understand, paid millions and millions of dollars in the alternative minimum tax. That's the alternative to the federal income tax. It's semantics. That's all it is. It's semantics. And let us hope Chris Wallace understands exactly what's going on here so he can set it straight. Because the Democrats have been running ads that are just lies. And you know what's amazing? Joe Biden helped write the Internal Revenue Code. He voted for it. He knows about the alternative minimum tax, or at least he should. He knows about S-1 corporations. When he and Dr. Jill chose not to pay Social Security taxes, when he and Dr. Jill chose not to pay Medicare taxes, By setting up an S-1 corporation. Nobody talks about this. Nobody. Now, I am expecting this to come up in the debate. That's why I am laying this out as plainly as I know how. As plainly as I know how. And yet I want to play for you a media montage... CNN, MSNBC, Yamichi Alcindor, that's NPR. You've got Jeff Daniels, actors. You've got uh, John Avalon, Joy Reid, Sherrod Brown, Senator John Berman, host. I want you to listen to this. I just laid out the facts for you. That the President of the United States has actually paid millions and millions of dollars under the alternative minimum tax. All you union members out there, all you blue-collar workers out there, all you middle-class folks out there, I want you to understand this. Well, I can't play it right now, I guess. I have to play it after the bottom of the hour. I went too long. But I want you to understand this, that this is a setup job, and I told you about the New York Times, which lied about the slaughter of millions of Ukrainians in 1932 by Stalin, which covered up the Holocaust for years and years as Hitler was wiping out European Jews, which pushes the 1619 Project to undermine our own country. This is a diabolical newspaper. And the rest of the media burp up whatever it says. And the Democrats just happen to benefit from it. So no, the president didn't pay $750. And no, the president didn't not pay taxes for years and years. He paid almost $25 million in the alternative minimum tax. I'll be right back. Folks, I have something serious to talk to you about. I don't have to tell you that we're in a fight for the soul of the country. One side in our country claims that America was founded on banned principles and built on oppression. They've even put together a distorted history of America, the New York Times 1619 Project. The other side knows, like you do, that our country's done more to achieve and advance liberty than any other in history. The best way to fight back? Teach the truth. Today we can learn the true story of America from the college that's better at teaching it than any other, Hillsdale College. My friends at Hillsdale have put together a great, free, online course called The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. And folks, that's just what we need right now, hope. So get inspired. Sign up today for free at levinforhillsdale.com 
for Hillsdale's course on the glorious history of the last best hope on earth, America, and share it with others. That's levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. Just remember, folks, what I quoted to you about the alternative minimum tax is in the New York Times piece. It's hidden in the New York Times piece. That's how they used to write about the Holocaust when they chose to. So every press person in America has it. Every Democrat activist has it. Every debate moderator, starting with Chris Wallace, has it. The question is whether they've read it, and the question is whether they're going to tell the American people the truth about what's in that article. We're about to find out. Same with the Bidens. I've got a massive breaking story also for you coming up here. It is just... I mean, you, you, you really have to scratch your head and, and wonder how such a, a corruption that goes to the core of this republic could have taken place. And it's once again the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party, as an institution, hates this country. And this is what people need to understand. This is not a vote, and I explained it last night. This isn't a vote about taxes, the president, or even Biden's. This isn't a vote about one-liners and gotcha. This is a vote about the republic. Are we going to keep it or not? That's what's on the line. Your freedom, are we going to keep it or not? Your hard work and what you've gained from your hard work, are you going to keep it or not? That's the vote. And let's hope we don't do gotcha all night long in the debate with the moderator. You saw how I interviewed the president. He can handle this. That is uh, the moderator. The gotcha, gotcha, gotcha stuff doesn't get us anywhere. God forbid if the Democrats win all the branches of government in addition to burning our republic down, you're going to see massive inflation. The way they want to spend, you're going to see an economy that just is at the brink. You're going to see a slaughter of jobs. Centralized government will get more and more powerful. Government will get bigger and bigger, and you know the, you know the rest. I'm about to read to you something that is Absolutely incredible in this country. For years, having gone through the Russia collusion story. Now, I'm very proud that it was, I believe, March 4th or 5th of 2017, sitting behind this microphone, preparing for my radio show. I started to pull together stories from the wire services from the New York Times, the Washington Post, and I said, wait a minute, something smells here. And then I went back and did the kind of research that you know I do, and I said, wait a minute. It was March 2nd, Mr. Producer reminds me, March 2nd, 2017. I said, wait a second. They've been spying on the President of the United States. And then wait a second. The FBI is leaking because this information has to come out of the FBI. Wait a second. They abused the FISA court. All 
three points based on public information. I just decided something was wrong, and I started to take that day's news and work my way backwards. After I talked about it on the radio program on March 2nd, I was invited on Fox and Friends Sunday, which is one of my favorite shows, by one of my buddies, favorite buddies, Pete Hegseth. And I came on that program, and for nearly 15 minutes, using one piece of public evidence after another, one news story after another, showing the leaks, I laid out as best as I could, based on that information, what would become the Russia hoax. My radio show was picked up by Breitbart and my buddy Joe Pollack. This information wound up with the President of the United States, you might recall. That Monday, I was invited on Sean Hannity's show, and I laid it out again on Fox. Many, many wonderful patriots followed up. Of course, I came under assault by the same media because the media were participating in this. And I talked about bad cops at the FBI, which became a phrase that others would repeat. I said, why would the Russians back Trump when they got everything they wanted from Hillary Clinton? It never made sense to me. I also said on March 2nd and also on Fox and Friends Sunday and every show thereafter that Barack Obama had to know about this because the activities clearly were too ubiquitous. It was his government and the unmasking of individuals, which I also talked about. And you know what's happened since. But now I want to read something to you that was declassified and released this evening. This evening, as I was coming on on this program, and I often post these things on Mark Levin Show Facebook and Mark Levin Show Twitter earlier, and I want to encourage you to, to friend me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter, because you'll get this information before anyone. I want to read to you now this declassified information that was just provided to the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Lindsey Graham. This is just not another, wow, wow, this is big time. So the media will mostly ignore it. And of course, this comes from the new director, DNI, John Ratcliffe, to Lindsey Graham, chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. In response to your request for intelligence community, that's IC information, related to the FBI's crossfire hurricane investigation, I have declassified the following. You ready? Bullet. In late July 2016. Late July 2016. You may recall the election was November 2016. U.S. intelligence agencies obtained insight into Russian intelligence analysis alleging that U.S. presidential candidate Hillary Clinton had approved a campaign plan to stir up a scandal against U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump by tying him to Putin and the Russians' hacking of the Democratic National Committee. 
The intelligence community does not know the accuracy of this allegation or the extent to which the Russian intelligence analysis may reflect exaggeration or fabrication. But the point is, ladies and gentlemen, our intelligence agencies obtain the information of what the Russian intelligence analysis was saying about Hillary Clinton's role before the general election, July 2016. According to his handwritten notes, bullet two, former CIA director Brennan subsequently briefed President Obama and other senior national security officials on the intelligence, including the alleged approval by Hillary Clinton on July 26, 2016, of a proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by Russian security services, quote, unquote. Donald Trump was briefed on Hillary Clinton's plot. Excuse me, check that. Obama was briefed on Hillary Clinton's plot against Donald Trump. According to handwritten notes, in the official records of the U.S. government. Did you hear what I said? Obama knew from day one. Bullet number three. According to his handwritten notes, former CIA Director Brennan subsequently briefed President Obama and other senior national security officials on the intelligence including the alleged approval by Hillary Clinton. All right, I already said that. Bullet number three. On September 7, 2016, again, two months before the election, U.S. intelligence officials forwarded an investigative referral to FBI Director James Comey and Deputy Assistant Director of Counterintelligence Peter Stroke regarding, quote, U.S. presidential candidate Hillary Clinton's approval of a plan Concerning U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump and Russian hackers hampering U.S. elections as a mean of dis- means of distracting the public from her use of a private email server. In addition to this, you'll recall, the FBI knew that the dossier paid for by Hillary Clinton and the DNC was prepared by a Russian spy. They knew the dossier was fake. In addition, we know from sworn testimony to the House Intelligence Committee in secret that every single senior Obama administration official who testified under oath, every single one of them said they were unaware of any Russia collusion with Trump. You see, when their necks were on the line, they couldn't lie. The significance of this cannot be overstated. We went through this for three years. Actually, almost four years. The President of the United States, his family, the nation, the millions that were spent 
We were dragged through this. Where was the New York Times giving aid and comfort? Where was the Washington Post giving aid and comfort? Where were all the media, AP, Reuters, CNN, MSNBC, giving aid and comfort? They kept talking about the next shoe is going to fall. The next shoe is going to fall. The entire thing. And I said it back then. It's the Democrats who collude with the Russians. That's their history. That's their background. Alger Hiss. I could go on and on and on. This is stunning. Absolutely stunning. Ted Kennedy colluded with the Russians. The Soviet Union against Ronald Reagan. So now it was Hillary Clinton, Obama, the FBI, the DNC, and indirectly the American media that were colluding with the Russians against the victim, Donald Trump. And they turned the entire scenario on its head where Donald Trump was colluding with the Russians. This is a party that is poisonous, that is cancerous. If they win this election, you're going to reward this party which actually did work with the Russians. You're going to reward the Obama-Biden administration. And Biden, in that January 5th meeting, 2017, encouraging an investigation against Flynn and the president, using the, the Logan Act as a phony pretext. And the Biden family that's made millions of dollars off of corrupt deals with foreign individuals and foreign countries for which Joe Biden has never had to account. The entire family's never had to account. And now we're talking about Donald Trump's taxes. This is a corrupt party. Anyone who votes for Joe Biden in the Obama-Biden conduct, you're going to lose this country. This is a shocking revelation released this evening where Hillary Clinton was squarely involved in setting up this entire scandal with the assistance of the President of the United States, Barack Obama, with the assistance of the CIA director, as best as I can see, and the assistance of the entire federal bureaucracy. I'll be right back. Mark Folks, I have something serious to talk to you about. I don't have to tell you that we're in a fight for the soul of the country. One side in our country claims that America was founded on banned principles and built on oppression. They've even put together a distorted history of America, the New York Times 1619 Project. The other side knows, like you do, that our country's done more to achieve and advance liberty than any other in history. The best way to fight back? Teach the truth. Today, we can learn the true story of America from the college that's better at teaching it than any other, Hillsdale College. My friends at Hillsdale have put together a great, free, online course called The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. And folks, that's just what we need right now, hope. So get inspired. Sign up today for free at levinforhillsdale.com for Hillsdale's course on the glorious history of the last best hope on earth, America, and share it with others. 
That's Levin for Hillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. So we have Mueller appointed conducting a criminal investigation, even though there was no, no basis for a criminal investigation whatsoever. None. And his people knew it. And yet Weisberg, Weisberg, says they should have done more. They wanted to catch him in a perjury trap, even though there was no, no, no evidence of anything. Unbelievable. But the whole thing is sickening. Sickening. Just like half of this debate's going to be sickening. You watch. All right. Now here's the... Okay, we don't have time. What I'm trying to say here, ladies and gentlemen, whether it's the president's taxes, when you slow down and you really study these things, or this outrageous attempt to tie him with Vladimir Putin, which is still going on today, all these efforts to take out this president, they're all lies. They're all fabrications. These forces that are arrayed against this man are arrayed against you. It is the dug-in bureaucracy in Washington, D.C. It is the dug-in Marxist academic class throughout our universities and colleges. It is the Democrat social activist media that is dug-in. They are all arrayed against this president. The question is, will they succeed? Will they succeed in their corruption, in their illegality? Will they succeed in their distortions and their lies and turning this country inside out? That's up to us. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here on debate night, which follows this program. If you're listening to us live. 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. All right, I promised you this, uh, so I want to circle back and then we'll move along. Uh, I pointed out the president's taxes, how dishonest the media have been, and yet it's right there, way in, deep in, way at the bottom of the New York Times War and Peace article, where they try and do a hit on the president. It's really a sleazy article. But the president has paid uh, from 20 to 2017 over a seven-year period over 24 I think it was close to 25 million dollars in the alternative minimum tax which is a federal tax uh, but what the New York Times would have you to believe but he only paid 750 dollars in uh, overall in the income tax it's called the alternative minimum tax so you pay it regardless of what you call it how dishonest can they be? It was right there in their story, way, way down at the bottom, but it's there. And now I want you to hear what the media has said all day long, as well as Democrats, as well as commentators. Cut three, go. I mean, I guess just a blunt question is, do you think Trump could end up going to jail if he is not reelected because of anything in here? 
No question about it. And his daughter could go to jail, too. There is a non-trivial chance that if Donald Trump loses the election, he can't find some way to stay in office, that he ends up living out the rest of his days in prison. He was fighting so hard to be reelected, not only because he wanted to be reelected, but also because he's worried that if he's not reelected, he could actually face jail time. By, by the way, this is the Yamichi Alcindor. You've seen her at press conferences. She thinks the president is racist and has mistreated her. Listen to what a complete a-hole this woman is. She's a reporter, and she's at National Pubic Radio. Go on. Sitting president to go from the White House straight to prison. Look, it's important to him that people feel he's rich, but it's even more important to him that he doesn't spend the rest of his life in prison. We're starting to see a president who is doing everything he possibly can, including lying about the pandemic, to stay out of jail. And the Manhattan DA said Trump could face tax fraud charges. Look, baseball greats Pete Rose and Daryl Strawberry did stints in prison for far less. So if Donald Trump were a poor person or a person of color, he'd likely have been audited and maybe in jail. I am so glad you brought that up. Nick Ackerman, who was a Watergate prosecutor, was on our air last mm-hmm. night and said that Donald Trump could end up in jail. Oh, a million percent. That's who you're voting for, mm-hmm. is, is a president who's heading to prison. This is all serious enough to increase Trump's sense of desperation. Among other things, his favorite Twitter insults, fake, failed, dishonest, weak, liar, and loser, would apply to him forever. Unbelievable. These are news organizations. News organizations. They come up with lies. Then they report one lie to the other. How many times was Donald Trump going to go to prison, ladies and gentlemen, in the last several years? And for what? The New York Times doesn't even realize. It made abundantly clear through its article that there is no collusion, that the president made nothing from the Russians. He paid nothing to Michael Cohen. You heard these legal analysts go on and on about uh, secret indictments against the president of the United States that were in place and on. all. Just they spin these tales and these lies and they're hit and run. Then they move on. Hit and run, they move on. For instance, you won't hear a damn thing about the Russia hoax during this debate from the moderator. Nothing. It went on year after year after year. Front page. Top of the line news. Poof. It went away. Poof, it went away. Not even worth discussing anymore. Why is that, ladies and gentlemen? Now I'm going to hit something that may seem trivial to you, but I'm sure it will come at the debate, where Joe Biden seems to think wearing a mask can stop a pandemic. 50 to 100 years from now, real scientists and Medical experts will look back on this and think we're nuts. But it flies today in the political environment. There's a left-wing governor of Pennsylvania. He really is loathsome. His name is Governor Tom Wolf, And there's a representative by the name of Wendy Ullman. And they were before a press conference today, and they were caught on a hot mic. They were wearing masks. Do they really think wearing masks is compelled by the science and the data? Cut 12, go. So, Wendy, I'm going to take, I'm going to take my mask off when I speak. I will as well. Just, I'm waiting so that we can do a little political theater. Okay. <laughs> so that it's on camera. Got that? Governor, so, Wendy, I'm going, to take, I'm going to take my mask off when I speak, so 
than the representative. I will as well, just I'm waiting so that we can do a little political theater laugh so that it's on camera. This is what Joe Biden thinks of you too. This is what Kamala Harris thinks of you too. They're running on a face mask. You know, Dr. Fauci actually in many ways is very nasty and not particularly well-informed. That's what happens when you spend 50 years behind a desk and not with patients. The guy that runs the CDC, what's his name, Redmond? He's an absolute crackpot. Redfield, excuse me. And so they're taking public shots at Scott Atlas. Dr. Scott Atlas, who's newly on the Trump team, about a month. A brilliant man from Stanford. An outsider. And of course... These long-in-the-tooth bureaucrats in the federal government should have brought in a lot of outsiders a long time ago. So they're taking shots at Dr. Atlas, and Dr. Atlas, and I'm paraphrasing, says, you know, I understand I, I, I was not the one who said early on that you didn't need to wear a mask or that this is really the equivalent of the flu. So that's Fauci, you see. And he didn't say uh, the ridiculous comment that wearing a mask is actually better than actually getting a vaccine. That was the guy at the CDC. And so he's pointing out, you know, there's a lot of quackery over there at the CDC. There's a lot of quackery uh, with Dr. Fauci. We've all seen it with the models and the data, how he bounces around like a uh, tennis ball. And honestly, if these government bureaucrats had had their way, this country would be in many respects like North Korea today. There'd still be a shutdown. Massive unemployment. Massive bankruptcies. God knows what would be happening to the mortality rate in this country based on other morbidities. And just remember what Joe Biden said. If a scientist, one of these scientists tells him we need to shut down the economy, we're going to shut down the economy. That's not presidential leadership. That's an idiot. You people out there who are going to vote or think you're going to vote for Biden, some of you have, stupidly, without waiting to see how things progress. Martha Raddatz, who was always in the back pocket of Barack Milhouse, Benito Obama, and his lovely wife, what's her name? Well, she was on The View today, and she says she's been out there on a road trip across America. Across America. And here's what she found. Cut one, go. I also found there wasn't a wasn't a whole lot of enthusiasm for for Joe Biden. There's a lot of enthusiasm among Democratic voters and some independents to get Donald Trump out, but not necessarily that enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I go back to the point that the Democrat Party has nominated somebody who is not qualified to be president of the United States as a result of his mental incapacity. Everybody voting for Joe Biden knows that. Everybody. But what bothers me more is his wife knows it, his family knows it, his sister, and his uh, staff know it. They know he's not mentally fit to be president of the United States. And yet this is what they do. He could have a great night tonight. He could have a great night. Who knows? 
For him, a great night, as far as the left is concerned, will be a few good zingers in there. But as a buddy of mine texted me, I'm sure he's loaded up with Adderall. He's loaded up with something. I'm not going to lower myself to taking a drug test. No, no, no. All the rest of us. Pilots have to take drug tests, right? Bus drivers have to take bus, uh, drug tests. Uh, engineers on his, uh, on his beloved Acela train, they have to take drug tests. Police have to take drug tests. Firefighters have to take drug tests. Everybody, a lot of people, but not Joe, because that's beneath Joe. Just like going out among the public and acting like a normal human being, that's beneath Joe. No, no, no. The virus, he can't go out. The virus, he's got to wear the mask. I don't know this to be the case, but he may pull a stunt. He may walk out on that stage with a mask and then take it off. You think he might do that, Mr. Producer? Just to sow these suburban women with 14 degrees. That he's compassionate and he connects with them. Now, if he walks out on that stage with a mask and then takes it off, I'm not saying he will, but if he does, it's like the governor of Pennsylvania and his sidekick. It's all for show. It means nothing. Because he's not within six feet of anybody. It's just what he does. They're going to have a few little cutesy things prepared. That's what they're going to do. Few little cutesy things, and then he'll go on the offense. You said racist thing. I know he's going to bring up Charlottesville because they've been lying about that. You know he's going to blame Trump for over two hundred thousand dead, and that he didn't act fast enough on the coronavirus. You know they're going to do that. You know he's going to have a quick little retort on Hunter Biden. How dare you attack my son? I'm running against you, man to man, eyeball to eyeball. You have something to say about me? That's fine. Leave my family alone. The same party that tried to put his kids in prison. The same party that's chasing down Eric Trump as I speak. You leave his kid Hunter alone. Only talk about Bo Biden. Never talk about Hunter Biden. I'll be right back. Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. You know, when you look at Project Veritas and James O'Keefe, he's, a, he's an American hero and patriot. He's doing what 60 Minutes and other investigative reporters used to do. He goes into Minneapolis and he finds massive graph in this vote harvesting. And one guy associated with Ilion Omar, who's got 300 
blank ballots in his car, including on his dashboard, as he goes around and collects them and pays cash for them. And after you watch the debate, I focus exclusively on this on Levin TV tonight. And this is what happens when you do what the Democrats are pushing for. They don't want any requirements on these votes because they're crooked. It is a crooked party. It is a diabolical party from slavery forward. Although point to a few areas in which the Democrat Party has been great, great. It's not enough when you're a party of slavery. Just like the New York Times when you cover up the Holocaust and the slaughter of Ukrainians and you do what you do and push the 1619 Project to undermine the entire nation. But my buddy Adam Laxalt, who was the Attorney General of Nevada, he pointed out that it was just a few weeks ago that Nevada put in place harvesting. The same exact process that we're talking about in Minneapolis. Harvesting. And now we see this taking place big time in Texas, in the Houston area. And we're talking about an enormous number of ballots. And so this is going to happen across the country now. It's a shame the New York slime doesn't spend as much time investigating what the Democrat Party is doing to the integrity of our elections in this country as they are obtaining feloniously leaked supposed tax records of the President of the United States and then writing a misleading article which the media then runs with. This is happening all over the country. What's happening is you have this this harvesting going on already. You have corrupt Democrat judges in counties and states who are changing the election laws at the 11th hour to accommodate Biden and the Democrat Party. These lawsuits are being brought by national Democrat law firms and individuals like this clown Mark Elias, who's involved in assisting Hillary Clinton and the DNC and the Russian collusion hoax. Same actors, same DNA, same fingerprints. You don't see Republicans running into court to try and change the election laws at the 11th hour. This is why the most secure way to vote and to count votes is people showing up in person so you can look at their face, look at their ID, know where their address is, and then they can vote. Exactly what the Democrats don't want. And when states try to go back to that method, you know what they're called? Racist. You're suppressing the vote. How? Well, this one can't get to the election place, and that one's poor, and there's all kinds of crap. All over the country. And then the media sit there like they're Helen Keller. Uh, where, where's the evidence of this? We've been doing this, you know, forever. Where, where's the evidence of fraud? And So, little Project Veritas, tiny little organization with a tiny budget, goes out and finds it big time in Minnesota, which is a key battleground state, and is James O'Keefe's findings and reporting picked up by the New York Times? No. Picked up by the Washington Post? No. Picked up by any network news program? No. It's as if he never did anything, and it doesn't exist. And it's going on big time in Texas now, around Houston. Unbelievable. 
Absolute fraud. And I'm sure Chris, Chris Wallace will want to ask about that, no doubt. Washington Examiner, Quinn Hillier. Fresh on the heels of Monday's report detailing alleged illegal vote harvesting in Minnesota comes news of explosive affidavits filed about even worse vote harvesting in Texas. Combined with new reports about significant illegal voter registration, also in Texas, another huge fallop in a postal voting system in New York. Oh, it's not that big. Just 140,000 ballots. These stories all highlight some of the dangers to democracy posed by widespread use of voting by mail and other insecure practices. But Thomas Friedman, four times Pulitzer Prize winner, he says it's Trump who's creating a civil war. Then we have Tommy Ridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Johnny Kasich. And all these other great outstanding repubics out there. I'm voting for Biden. Now this joins other stories of huge voting screw-ups in recent months, ranging from 223,000 undeliverable ballots mailed out in this year's primary in Las Vegas. And New York, and California, and on and on and on it goes. Vote, vote, vote. We need to have a landslide in order to win this election. Vote. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. By the way, according to reports, the massive mail-in ballot harvesting scheme in Harris County, which obviously covers uh, Houston, potentially harvesting 700,000 ballots, Uh, According to this report, it's the Biden's Texas political director implicated. Now, I don't know if he's guilty, innocent, what the role is and so forth. Think about that. When the Democrats want something so desperately, you know it's cancer. You know that it is damaging to our country and to our republic. You know. All of a sudden in April, the big push came. They used the virus as an excuse. They used the virus as an excuse to keep Biden in the basement. Now they're going to bring him out. Let me tell you, he's going to perform much better than people think. Why? Because you haven't seen him perform yet. And I don't mean dance and sing. I mean engage. Unbelievable. You know, uh, courage and faith, logic and reason, law and order. Our constitutional republic over radical socialist mob rule leftist agenda. Good over evil. More than just talk about these things, my friends at AMAC stand up and defend them. Yes, AMAC provides valuable discounts and benefits to those who join. But more importantly, they do so while boldly defending our constitution, individual liberties, and basic moral compass. AMAC fights for you folks. They fight for future generations. They fight for the future of our country. The upcoming elections will be a defining moment in the history of our great nation. On the table, not the president's taxes, none of that stuff. Our republic. Do we want to keep it? 
or are we going to lose it? My friends, will you stand with AMAC, or will you let them stand alone to fight against the socialist storm that's trying to blow your country down? I stand with AMAC, and I hope that you will too. I am a member, a proud member, and I have been for years. I encourage you to join right now at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. The benefits of membership are great, but the cause is even greater. So join today at amac.us, amac.us. The debate's not for another hour and a half, so stick with us. I can tell you what's going on on TV right now is monotonous. When they put some clock up there or some counter up there, Mr. Producer, four or five days ago, and they're counting down the hours, the minutes, and the seconds, they said, oh, my Lord, what the hell? And day in and day out, what will he say? What will she say? What will this one do? What kind of tie will they wear? Will they comb their part on the same side? Who's going to wear tie shoes? Who's going to wear loafers? It's just mindless claptrap. Let's go to Donna Frederick Merrill and the great WMAL. Go. Hi, Mark. You're so strong tonight. really admire your work. You do so much for, for so many of us, and I appreciate it. I am really Well, maybe I should this. retire from radio and just do podcasting or TV. What do you think of that? I think you're good at all of them. <laughs> well, thank you're you. You're just a talented guy, Mark. Well, there you go. Yeah, so I, all the above is fine with me and many of my friends. Um, but I want, my big point is I'm so sickened by the, as you often say, the burping media with their the, the same talking points. And it's always, they're always the ones who are representing the guilty party, who are pointing at the other guy. The, the ignorance of them is astounding to me because they have no idea that many of us are on to them, and yet they go on as if we don't even exist. And I'm hoping that everybody does what you requested and get out and vote and bring friends with you when you go. Let's get the job done. Let's be fearless warriors and, and just take, save our country because it's communism or capitalism, and I prefer capitalism. So right. And, Donna, we're operating under the radar, which means the pollsters – are not going to capture who we are and what it is that we support. We have got to, each and every one of us, bring out five or ten voters. We need to overwhelm them. We need a landslide. You see how they're trying to cheat and steal and claw their way to victory, hiring ambulance, chasing uh, lawyers all over the damn country. So we must outnumber them by huge, massive numbers. And just, uh, it's like a military operation. Just surprise them on the battle, on the battle's election day. Exactly. All right, Donna. Pray for Donald Trump, too, and his family. They need it right now. Amen, and God bless. Those of you who can't vote on Election Day, vote. If you need an absentee ballot or mail-in, and that's what you need to do, do it. You've got to do what you've got to do. But if you can show up and vote, vote. I'll be one of the first ones at my uh, precinct, I can guarantee, and I hope it's a very, very long line. I really do. Jason, Kensington, Maryland, also the great WMAL. Jason, go. Uh, g'day, Mark. How you going, mate? Hey. I, uh, I, uh, Sound like I you're from uh, South Carolina. 
Yeah, yeah, from the deep south, mate. Yeah, I, uh, oh. I immigrated here about 28 years ago, and uh, I always sort of was fascinated with the U.S. and its customs and patriotism, but I've, I've been here 28 years, and I've seen the track it's going down. It's getting very disheartening, mm-hmm. sweet, what's happening. I mean, I know that, you know, even now they're coming, the voting is coming under attack with these ballot harvesting and all that, and, you know, I came here totally unpoisoned. Well, I didn't know anything about the parties, whatever, but I've pretty much gravitated towards the, the Republican Party because it's just a, a common-sense party. Um, but the, the problem is they just haven't got any bloody guts in them. They've got to have someone in there to, to, to kick them in the guts, and Trump's come along and done that, but they're not following his lead. I mean, it's like playing rugby. If you go up in a bloody straight... Although I have to say, when it comes to this nomination they have of, uh, of Barrett, so we've got to give them that. Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's a good move. But, you know, traditionally, they've sort of been a bit bit bloody weak when it comes to the media and just not having the guts to go out there and sort of be the William Wallaces of the society, you know. And um, mm-hmm. I just would like just to see them all move up in a straight line and, you know, no mercy to these guys because they're going to kick you. If they have the same, oh, yeah, you're the right. They're out there, Politically, they're out to kill us. There's no question. Jason, thank you for your call, my friend. There's no question about that. Let's continue. David, Long Island, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hey, Mark. Shinato's uh, off, first of all. It should be a good year for you. And Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you, sir. Uh, what I want to talk about is um, I get frustrated by how the public, the majority of the public that I speak with, are just fooled by how the left is just manipulating or trying to manipulate what the vote might be in November, that they're not paying attention to these judges that are changing rules out of nowhere and just starting to do it. Very frustrating. You know, not to be self-serving, honestly, that's not my purpose here. If all of you could get more people to listen to this show, I'm not going to make more money, I'm not going to make less money, nothing happens to me. We're the third biggest show, really very, very big show in the entire United States. If you could get more people in the next five weeks listening to this program, nobody's going to be able to break down the Constitution, these voting schemes, the statutes, the election from a a perspective in terms of challenging in the House and the Senate than I am. And this isn't a put down of anybody else. Trust me when I say this. Uh, But... Rather than just more of the same, yak, 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 the more people you can get to listen to this program so I can go through, the like the taxes today. Like the taxes today. Maybe you heard it from a few hosts. I doubt you heard it from many. And so this is important when people say, I wish more people would listen. I do too. All right, David, anything else, brother? No, sir. Thank you very much. All right, my friend, we lost you, and thank you. It breaks my heart to see what's happened in New York. It really does. That's where I got my start in radio, on WABC on Sundays. Absolutely breaks my heart to see what they did to New York. But we got to fight back. The police, the firefighters, the emergency personnel, the people who own small businesses, the teachers, we have to push back. We have to fight back. We have no choice. John, Minneapolis, Minnesota, XM Satellite. Go, John. Well, uh, regarding Trump's taxes, you know, he hires an accounting firm. And obviously their, their first ob- objective is to, A, comply with the law, and B, 
have the client pay as little as taxes as possible while complying with the law. Otherwise, they'd be guilty of malpractice. I mean, what firm is going to want to have uh, to advertise that most of their clients are in prison and they pay higher taxes than, that, than everybody else? It's just ridiculous. There's no law breaking in his taxes, which was the first line of attack against Trump. There's no Russian money uh, income in his, in his tax return, which was the second attack on Trump. There's no payments to uh, Michael Cohen. Uh, for non-disclosure agreements, which was the third attack on Trump. Now the attack is he paid 750 bucks in taxes last year. And I'm telling you, the alternative minimum tax, you may be familiar with it, he paid tens of millions of dollars. Absolutely. And so there's no issue here. There's nothing here. Literally not Like the whole Russian hoax, there's nothing here. Like the Woodward book, there was nothing there. Like the Atlantic article, there's nothing there. Like Bolton, there's nothing there. But it's, time, it's, it's, it's drip, 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 drip to try and get the suckers in this country to vote against him. Not for Biden, but against him. It seems like a lot of all, all they want to do is get a big headline out there with nothing underneath it. And look at the timing of this. They have a, a, a federal crime that's committed, documents leaked to the New York Times. The New York Times times it for the debate. Shouldn't that infuriate everybody that they're trying to manipulate the news cycle? Well, it infuriates me. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole press infuriates me for the last, I don't know, eight, ten years. Yeah, they're disgusting. Thank you for your call. Let's go to Jerry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, as we make our way around the country. XM Satellite, how are you, Jerry? Jerry's gone. Michael, Arlington, Virginia. Wow, WMEL country's wide awake. How are you, Michael? Yes, sir. Uh, good evening. Uh, and good thank evening. you for taking my call. Yes, sir. And uh, uh, I wanted to, to reiterate and tell all your listeners, first of all, uh, that uh, what you're saying they have to do. I'm in Arlington, and I don't have much of a vote uh, that counts, but go and vote. Even if you vote, you're in a county that doesn't count, go and vote. There are several issues I wanted, however, to touch base on, sir. But, uh, first of all is COVID, the Ukrainian issue, and Ruth, Gin, uh, uh, Ruth Ginsburg. Uh, 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 Ruth Ginsburg. The first one is uh, it, it's appalling and despicable of how they treat the president with the COVID-19. He's been the commander-in-chief, and he stood his ground from day one. The CDC themselves cannot agree upon themselves of how to take this. And if Joe Biden thinks that he's going to come out of his basement learning one week ago that he has a debate to prepare for because he's going to be a president, if he thinks that he can fix that issue, good luck to him, whether he wins or not. I wish him luck. But Let me, we're we're going to run out of time, Michael. Let me just say this. I appreciate your call very, very much. But we're coming up to a hard break. But I want, I want to piggyback on what you just said. Marketwatch.com, a business publication. There are four coronavirus vaccines in late-stage studies. Four. Never before has this been accomplished in modern American history. Never before. There are four vaccines in late-stage studies. This didn't just happen. It's because our president has been pressing, organizing. Our president has gotten useless red tape out of the way without cutting health corners. He's made this priority number one. And what are these companies? 
Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, Universe, uh, BioNTech, working with University of Oxford. There are others who are working on it, too, in earlier stages of clinical trials. Novavax, Sanofi, uh, Innovio Pharmaceuticals. I mean, this is no joke. And so to have somebody who has sat in his damn basement with a mask on, being fed lines, while we have Americans working in all corners of this country, in all kinds of jobs, social distancing, wearing masks, making sure there's food on our table and there's fuel in our cars, that there's air conditioning in our homes and heat if we need it. Some people working on minimum wage and I have a man who wants to be president of the United States hiding out in his basement, pretending that you want him to do that, to show that he's socially responsible. While the president of the United States is breaking his back to fill the gaps that these governors left, mostly Democrat governors in dark blue states. Can you imagine if this man loses the election and Joe Biden wins? And then all of a sudden we have all these vaccines. Oh, Joe, look at Joe. What a sickening event that would be. I'll be right back. in. You know, for the media tonight, Donald Trump can't win and Joe Biden can't lose. So that's why I'm telling you, for your own mental health, after you watch the debate, shut the TV. You don't need interpreters. Or if you're listening on the radio, shut the radio. You don't need interpreters. Although the good thing about radio is you really don't have interpreters. They usually play the debate and on you go. You know, with Stamps.com, you can print postage on demand and avoid going to the post office. All you'll, and you'll save money with discounted rates you can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com also offers UPS services with discounts up to 62% and no residential surcharges. Stamps.com brings all the mailing and shipping services you need right to your computer in the comfort of your home or office. Whether you're a small business sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or just working from home and need to mail stuff, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. And like I said, with Stamps.com, you get great discounts, too. Five cents off every stamp and up to 62% off USPS and UPS shipping rates. That is fantastic. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. And you do it right from your own desk, right from your own home. And right now, you, my listeners, you can get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in my secret word, BUNKER. Stamps.com, enter BUNKER. Stamps.com, enter Bunker. There's literally nothing that can happen tonight, Mr. Producer, that will prevent me from voting for Donald Trump for President of the United States. So as I witness this, you know, it's not a matter of who I'm going to vote for because the nation's on the line, and that's not too complicated for me and millions of you. Uh, But we're going to observe this, 
and uh, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, in the case of Joe Biden, the bar is very, very low. And then I heard one reporter say when it comes to Donald Trump, he really has to have a knockout punch. So there you are. There is no standard Joe Biden won't meet and surpass, and there's no standard that uh, Donald Trump could ever meet and surpass, according to the media. This is why we despise them so. And we'll see how the moderator goes. Uh, You know, the Democrat, you need to fact check. You need to fact check. Well, if he does, which he shouldn't, then he better make sure he interrupts the hell out of Joe Biden, who accuses the president of killing everybody, accuses him of being Adolf Hitler, says that if, uh, if you don't vote for him, you're not black. Who goes on and on with his insane comments. We shall see. We're one hour away. Stick with me. Right after the program, right after the program, really about five minutes after the program, the debate will begin. So stick with us. We have a very powerful hour. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, since so many of you want to get in on this, we will talk about this one hour away, the debate, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. People are bringing in experts, Mr. Producer, to talk about the debate. Experts on what, exactly? Yes, experts, yeah, who took uh, debating courses uh, for uh, college. You know, I was a debater at one point, but we won't get into that. Now, they're going to have this at the, where are they having it? where the Cleveland Clinic is, right? Again, uh, a lot of you want to participate. That's fine. Uh, Give us your opinion on what you think is going to happen. Will it even matter to you? I'll tell you a little quick story about the Cleveland Clinic. I think I've told this many, many, many years ago. I had had heart surgery after a number of uh, stents got what's called restenosis, which is uh, the, the filling of the stents. Um, uh, and uh, uh, it was before they had these uh, later stents that had drugs that lined the stents. Uh, so you wouldn't get the filling of the stents. But I kept, it kept happening to me. And so ultimately I had a heart attack, and then I had bypass surgery. But my chest kept bothering me. It was still heavy. And I believe this now. There are so many fantastic uh, places you can go for, you know, cardiac issues. But Cleveland Clinic is at the top. This is, uh, what, 20 years ago. More than 20 years ago. And I wasn't sure 
if I had the money or my insurance would cover that that trip and that procedure. I was going to Cleveland Clinic because there was a small artery on my muscle that was still clogged, but nobody wanted to touch it because they didn't want to damage the muscle. And so uh, <clears throat> I shared this with one of my friends. You may have heard of him. His name's Rush Limbaugh. And I said, you know, I... I'm going to try and go to the Cleveland Clinic. I don't know what's covered or not, but I'll figure it out, and I'm, I'm going to go. And he said, Mark, I'm insisting that you go to the Cleveland Clinic many years ago, and I will pay for it. Remember that, Mr. Producer? 20, over 20 years ago, he said, I will pay for it, whatever it is. Don't worry. I said, no, no, I can't. He said, no, I insist, and I want you to get over there as fast as you can. So we went to the Cleveland Clinic, and boy, were they good, and were they thorough. And in the end, they couldn't do anything either. So every now and then I have problems, so I can't be sure with 100% accuracy if it's that small artery on the muscle that's causing me to have chest issues or something else. That's just the nature of the beast. So I came home, we came home, and it turned out my insurance covered all but $1,500, Mr. Producer, which I was happy to pay. So about a month later, Rush calls me. I mean, we talked in the interim, of course, but he called me and he said, Flea, he called me Flea, F. Lee Levin. How much was that? What do I owe you? I said, well, Rush, you don't owe me anything. They covered all but 1500 and I covered it. He said, damn it, Mark, I told you I would cover the f- anything. I should have paid the 1500 I said, no, it's okay. That's okay. That's Rush Limbaugh. That was the Cleveland Clinic. I just wanted uh, those of you who haven't listened over the last 20 years, I just wanted you to know that. And now, of course, he suffers from uh, cancer. And I I want you to know, and I'm not going to get into specifics, uh, he is so remarkable. His mental attitude, his concern for this country, his love of his audience never wavers absolutely never wavers. But that's my experience with the Cleveland Clinic. And I have a very, very dear friend who is a cardiologist, but who's a patient there. It's just a fantastic place. There are fantastic hospitals all over this country with fantastic medical personnel who don't get enough appreciation. We talk about health care like it's some statistic or something that just caught it out there and we have a right to it. No. Somebody has to build the facilities. Somebody has to invent the technologies and invent and build the equipment. Somebody has to train and educate the, the brilliant doctors and nurses and the other healthcare personnel. Somebody has to clean the hospitals. Somebody has to manufacture and produce 
everything that goes into a hospital from an aspirin to a Band-Aid to the most complicated surgical equipment you can imagine. That's the genius of America. That's the genius of the private sector. That's why all this talk about we need to nationalize this and free that, the, the dislocation that occurs in an economy, that occurs in a healthcare system is, well, some of it is understood, but most of it is not. That's why I despise demagogues, socialists, Marxists, and all the rest of them. And it is an irony in some ways that this debate is being held right next to the one of the finest hospitals on the face of the earth, the Cleveland Clinic. Because if the Democrats have their way, all of these hospitals would be nationalized. Bernie Sanders, yes. Employees would be government employees. There would be waiting lines. The technologies and advancements would cease. Certainly slow down. The consequence would be people who are more acutely sick, and people who might have lived dying. All in the name of what? Everybody getting stuff for free. You know, if you become a doctor, you know, this is very irritating to me. People look at doctors and they think, well, you know, what does he get? These are individuals who spend year after year after year, well after college, training, studying, practicing in the most competitive environment imaginable. You think becoming a lawyer is that way? It's not. It's not even close. I know. My stepdaughter is doing this. And it's one challenge after another, working weekends, 12-hour days, 16-hour days, You have to be the cream of the crop. Unless, of course, you're educated at Ed's Medical School in Havana. But we're not talking about that. Then you have the slip and fall lawyers who try to steal money from you. All other issues that come up. But they're supposed to give you health care for free. Somebody who comes across the border, illegal, just comes here... They're supposed to get free health care. What about that doctor? What about that nurse? What about the people who run these facilities? What about the janitor? And on and on and on. What about them? Are they required to work for the state? Didn't we have an experience with this already called the Veterans Administration until Donald Trump really broke through massive bureaucracy and reformed that place, and only he could do it. Joe Biden had eight years. He didn't do a damn thing. I'm just using this as an example of what's on the ballot. People say, what's the health care plan? And I'm sure Biden will attack Trump, even though Trump has laid it out in exquisite detail. It'll be degraded and diminished. But I have a different health care plan. Mine is to reverse course. No, no, no. People who are on Medicare are to be left alone. I'm not even talking about Medicare. For all the people who are not on Medicare, what is our plan? What should we do? I have an idea. Bust open the system. 
more insurance companies, more health care plans that cover really all kinds of situations that people can afford, where people can customize their plans. There's no reason for men, single men, to have uh, pregnancy evaluations on their health care. Or for single women or even married women to have prostate examinations on their health care. Some common sense. Competition works whether you're buying toasters or whether it's health care. It drives down costs, costs, it improves quality, and it gives you so much more choice. Choice should not only exist when you're trying to kill a baby. Choice should exist in the marketplace. More insurance companies, more types of insurance, open up the medical school, schools. You don't know this. The federal government puts a cap on the number of doctors who can graduate every year. Break through that cap as well. Increase the supply. Increase the competition. I guess I'm the only human being on the face of the earth who believes this, Mr. Producer. Anyway, took a little side road. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Yes, the Supreme Court is on the ballot, too. The Supreme Court's on the ballot, too. So much is on the ballot. The Democrats have so many, so many things in mind. You know, there are, uh, there are entities around the world that blow up, physically blow up institutions. In our country, you don't have to physically blow them up. We're reaching a point where we're a mobocracy, not even a democracy. Oh yes, the burning in the streets, the arson, the looting, and all the rest, the Democrats, the mob. But that mob is also represented, if not led, in the halls of Congress. And that mob effectively wants to burn down the Supreme Court. That mob effectively wants to burn down the United States Senate. That mob effectively wants to burn the Constitution of the United States. They're in the process of burning down the electoral system unless we turn out in mass and defeat this and crush it with a massive landslide, like the Reagan Revolution, like the Tea Party movement, like the Trump Revolution. If we can all come together, all come out of our homes and our businesses, in mass, 
millions and millions and millions of us and put this down. You're going to have to be an active patriot. It's not enough to call talk shows. It's not enough to send emails. It's not enough to text the friends and neighbors. It's not enough to complain to family members when watching TV. That gets us nowhere. You, me, all of us are going to have to be activists. And these people who say, well, I don't really care for Donald Trump, let me tell you something. Then they don't care for this country because they don't understand what's at stake. The Democrats understand what's at stake. They're even willing to run Joe Biden as a front man. They understand what's at stake. Let's go to Tom in Bend, Oregon, the great KBND. Tom, how are you, sir? This call screen is a little behind the scenes here. Mike, Monmouth, Monmouth, New Jersey, the great WABC, how are you? Hey, Mark, great to talk to you. Listen, I appreciate the opportunity. Listen, I just wanted to piggyback off of what you were talking about before with doctors and uh, the different types of health care plans. I'm in 100% agreement with you. Uh, we should kind of expand, uh, you know, the ability of different plans so that people can buy specific plans that tailor to their needs. Unfortunately, in a lot of the states, as you well know, um, you're not allowed to buy insurance across the state. Well, there's a couple things. I don't want to lose you yet, Mike, but a couple things, and and I'll bring bring you right back. They're going to talk tonight about Obamacare and protects all these people who love Obamacare and cover pre-existing conditions. The president has issued an executive order that all insurance will cover pre-existing conditions. It's a non-issue, but the Democrats keep raising non-issues to scare the hell out of you. That's number one. Number two, Obamacare stinks. It's driven up the cost of premiums. It's driven up the... uh, The amount of deductibles, they're huge. And as you point out, in a lot of states, you don't even have any more choices anymore. It's one size fits all. This is an addition, Mike, to the inability to have across the state lines health care. That's an important issue. It's a second tier issue. But under Obamacare, you have to offer exactly what the federal government tells you you have to offer. Go ahead. Absolutely. And there are a lot of plans, Mark, within the states, the EPOs, the exchanges, that did not even include all of the physicians of men disciplines, uh, which left some of us basically losing patients, not, not only losing patients, but having the inability to get into some of these plans, not because we weren't qualified to get into the plans, is that as a single practitioner, we were not allowed to get into the plans. They were looking for group practices larger groups, multiple disciplines, to be able to participate. So then again, we would have lost those patients, and actually that did happen. And so so your patients that you lost didn't get to keep their doctor, did they? No, they did not. Because we were told you can keep your doctors, that it would be a $2,500 reduction in, in a person's premiums. Is there a person on the face of the United States... Who's had a $2,500 reduction on their premiums? I mean, they lied to us. And now they're telling us all America loves this because the pre-existing conditions are covered. Well, let me tell you, you know what? That, that's obviously one of the other fallacies um, because of the fact that, you know what? Most of the patients that have come back, their plans, as you said, their deductibles not, or co-pays not only doubled, but their deductibles doubled. 
from, say, $2,000 to $5,000. All right, Mike, the music. Thank you, Thank you, Mike. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, we need to take back the House of Representatives and remove Nancy Pelosi. We need to elect people who believe in the Constitution and capitalism and this country. And we're bringing various candidates on this program whose campaigns I'm trying to highlight and I'm hoping you can support. Dr. Rich McCormick out of Georgia is one of those candidates, Georgia's 7th Congressional District. Doctor, how are you, sir? I'm blessed to be with you, sir. I appreciate you having me on. It's my pleasure. First of all, tell the American people a little bit about yourself and how you decided to get into this campaign. Yes, sir. So I came from a single-parent family, a very humble beginning. We're having, we're having trouble hearing you. We, we may have to call you back. Mr. Uh, call Screener, please call the uh, candidate back. All candidates, best if they're on landlines, but at a very mi- minimum, we've got to be able to understand them in order to help them. So we'll call uh, Dr. McCormick back uh, because the candidate last night was difficult to hear, Mr. Producer, as well. So we've got to get that fixed so every candidate can come in clearly. So we'll call uh, Dr. McCormick. My goal here, ladies and gentlemen, has been to provide to you 20 or so candidates. We need to win 17 seats uh, above what we have. 20 or so candidates who are in marginal districts who can win back these seats. Some of these seats have been held by Republicans. Some of these seats are just a couple of percentage points apart, Republican and Democrat. And these are not just anybody. These are people who are solid. These are people who really have a chance. And so rather than just giving money to the political party in Washington or whatever, I'm trying to focus on individual candidates here. How are we doing, Mr. Producer? All right, he's trying to call us back. And by the way, a side point, I need to get it in anyway, because these things are going to come up during the campaign. This is from the Washington Post of all places. Laura Meckler, of all people, feared coronavirus outbreaks in schools yet to arrive early data shows. In other words... There are not outbreaks of the coronavirus in the schools that are open. As everybody knew, 0.23% of students had a confirmed or suspected case. That's it. Teachers, even lower, 0.078%. So the big teachers' unions 
are preventing our children from being educated in the classrooms, even though the likelihood of getting the virus is really zero. Or almost zero. All right, well, while we wait, I'm going to take some calls here. People have been waiting. Lucille, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, on the Mark Levin app. Lucille, how are you? I'm wonderful, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. Go right ahead. I wanted you to know that uh, my daughters and my three daughters and myself all have college degrees, some of us master's degrees, and we are voting for Trump. So please don't don't say that suburban women aren't voting for Trump. I'm sorry, I'm going to continue to admonish suburban women because I'm looking at the numbers. I'm very pleased that you're voting for Trump, as is my wife, a suburban woman, as is my daughter, suburban woman. But please don't tell me not to mention it when these are people who need to get their heads on straight and vote for the president of the United States. It just hurts when you tell me I'm not voting for him. All right, then my recommendation is don't listen. Honest to God, I'm supposed to not mention what's going on with suburban women because Lucille from Pittsburgh says I shouldn't mention it? Uh, Listening to the wrong show, madam. Obviously, I'm not focused on you if you're voting for Trump. I'm focused on your neighbors who who are a question. All right, Dr. Rich McCormick, do we have you back, sir? Yes, sir, you do. All right, that's much better. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm a, uh, I'm a young, young uh, retiree from the military, 20 years in the military, 16 years as a Marine Corps pilot, four years as an ER doctor in the uh, Navy, serving the Marines and NATO forces overseas, uh, three combat zone deployments, uh, came from very humble beginnings, a single-parent family where my mom was a secretary when she was employed, uh, was very fortunate to live the American dream, grow up uh, I used to pick berries in the fields with the immigrants and uh, eventually uh, became a paper boy, a bus boy, and uh, went to college when they said that that was the best way to become a Top Gun type pilot. And uh, eventually uh, was able to be fortunate enough to go to medical school and uh, residency, go back in, retire, and now I'm uh, working ER shifts actually nighttime in between uh, campaigning. So you're working in the emergency rooms and campaigning uh, when you're not working in the emergency now, my wife and I met you. You're an exceptional gentleman, and you are a gentleman, and uh, you are, uh, you're like a candidate out of, uh, out, of, out, of, uh, out of the movies, to be honest with you. You're, you're terrific. Tell us about this district. What towns are included in this district, and what type of district is it? Yes, sir. So it's the uh, northeast suburbs of Atlanta. It's uh, the most competitive race in 2018. It was decided by less than 500 votes. Uh, it is a district that has been... Trending towards blue, uh, although it was won by six points by President Trump back in 2016. Uh, in 2018, we had 700,000 Georgians not vote in that election. That was part of the, the trend. Uh, they had presidential turnouts. We did not. It's, uh, part of the district is one of the most diverse counties in America. It's less than 50% white. It's about 10% Indian, 10% Far East Asian, uh, 20% African American, and, and about the 10% uh, Hispanic, uh, which is perfect for me. I think that the uh, conservative values we have are ideal for minorities and immigrants, and uh, that's what we've been preaching. Uh, the, uh, it provides upward mobility, the securities, and, and freedoms that everybody comes to America for. So I'm really excited about owning this narrative. The diversity in our suburbs is real, uh, even though uh, the media apparently has missed the entire uh, transition. Uh, what are the big issues for you? Well, I think, first of all, we need to protect the tax 
cuts that we've had back in 2017. I think we, our economy obviously is booming. Uh, anybody who hasn't paid attention to what it's done for minorities and immigrants isn't paying attention to the economy at all. Uh, if you look at the lowest unemployment rate ever for African-Americans, the lowest unemployment ever for Hispanics, the lowest unemployment in 70 years for females, uh, this has been an economic uh, recovery that nobody's ever seen before, uh, very much thanks to low taxes, letting business people do what they do best, which is control their own destiny. Uh, I think uh, if you look at the future of medicine, uh, yes, we do need to cover people with pre-existing conditions. I think the president has a plan for that. He's going to release this week. Uh, but, if, but if you look at going to a single-payer system, that would be the biggest single step we could ever take towards socialism that this country's ever made or ever could make. Uh, you're talking about adding $32 trillion to the deficit uh, in the next 10 years, because if it's not a deficit, that means $32 trillion on the taxpayers' backs in the next 10 years, which would be But apart from the money, if I'm somebody that walks in an emergency room where we have government-run health care, Basically, people think it's free, and the Democrats also want to give it to illegal aliens. What's going to happen in the emergency room? Well, I hate to say it, but we're already giving it to illegal aliens. I see it every single day. Uh, I mean, I tell you, they get first-class health care, but just by walking in the ER, we don't turn anybody away. Uh, but it's going to get more and more rationed. If you look at Canada, they have a free, quote-unquote, free health care system, and if you're diagnosed with something that you need to see a specialist for, you're going to wait 21 weeks on average, and it's getting worse every single year to see a specialist, and that's going to happen here in America as soon as you go to that sort of system. People die waiting. I mean, I've, I've talked to people on the air, I've interviewed people, or people suffer horribly if they need knee replacement or hip replacement, and something that can be cared for uh, early on turns into something much, much worse as people wait, right? Now, my, my wife's an oncologist. Uh, if, if you look at people who have cancer around the world, by the time you get to treating their cancer, it's, it's already a, a stage so far in advance that they'll never recover. You're just managing their death rather than curing them for life. So uh, it's for real. Now, if people want to help you in Georgia's seventh, well, first of all, before we do that, name some of the bigger towns in this district. So we have Swanee, Lawrenceville, Duluth, Cumming, uh, Loganville, Snellville, uh, there's, I mean, it's, a, it's got a multitude of cities. But those is, is this a rural area, I guess? It's suburban. It's, uh, it's most in, uh, just right outside the, the, the loop of uh, uh, Atlanta. Okay, so I was way off. Well, Dr. Rich McCormick, if people around the nation want to support you and if people in the district want to, want to show up and volunteer and help you, where do they go? Uh, Rich McCormick, McCormick like the spice, M-C-C-O-M-I-C-K dot U-S. RichMcCormick.us. That's our website. Uh, I really appreciate you having us on. Big fan. Uh, keep America great like you're doing. All right, brother. Now, RickMcCormick.us. It's Rich, I'm sorry. R-I-C-H-M-C-C-O-R-M-I-C-K.us. It's up on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, Mark Levin Show Parlor. Folks, this guy's the real deal. We met him. He's very, very impressive. He will make a difference if we can take this seat back. Dr. Rich McCormick, Georgia's 7th, and good luck to you, my friend. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. All right. God bless you. This man is still in the emergency rooms while he's running for office, Mr. Producer. That is incredible, is it not? It really is. Unbelievable. Let us go to Bill in Los Angeles, California, our wonderful affiliate, KRLA, 870 The Answer. Go. Um, 
thank you very much, Mark, for letting me on. Uh, yes. I've been running a business for 40 years, and I calculated that uh, Donald Trump has 22,450 employees at an average of 45000 dollars in pay a year. Now, where did you get the 22000 from? You looked up the various properties? Oh, I looked up just under Wikipedia or okay. one of those on Google last night, and it said that the Trump organization has a total of 22,450 employees. All right. And, and then I did some estimating because they showed their minimum and their high, and I averaged, I think conservatively on the low side, of $45,000 per employee. And that's and just salary, not benefits. Correct. The benefits are all out, are totally out of that, which I'm sure is costing him another five, seven percent. But on on that, his contribution or what uh, Trump has to pay in direct income tax, because 1965 FICA Social Security went into the general fund. So therefore, I was taught in economics that it's all tax. So therefore, his contribution, so he's paying an income tax a little over $110 million. So your point is he's employing all these people, he's paying all these people, and they're paying taxes too. Yeah, but he's actually, that's, that's not what they're paying, that's his portion. Mm-hmm. So, You're right, Social Security and Medicare. Yeah, so but Social I, it's a great point, and they're paying taxes too. So in other words... There's an awful lot of taxes being paid as a result of what Donald Trump has created. How about Joe Biden? He gives speeches and pretty much that. How, how much, how much uh, uh, activity is that creating? Almost nothing. Nothing. And I heard his, uh, his family's personal net worth is extremely high, maybe mm-hmm. one-tenth of that of Donald Trump or one-fifth. And they don't generate any income, and they don't pay any amount of $100 million in taxes. It's a great point. That's just the Trump organization has nothing to do with the employees because they're going to pay another $125 million. So they're generating a quarter of a billion dollars off of Donald Trump and his organization. And his personal contribution is over $100 million. So now the New York Times goes on and says he pays $750 in taxes. But every, every January 1st when he wakes up, he knows he's got to come up with $100 million just to pay his employee taxes, whether they do anything or not. I got it, sir. You made a good point, and you've underscored it, as well as the alternative minimum tax, just as a side point, uh, which he clearly pays, too. So this idea, and you make an excellent point. You really do, Bill. This idea that the president just pays $750 in federal income is just so appallingly stupid. Thank you for your call. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us. 
We conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Let's go to Ashley, Amarillo, Texas, XM Satellite. Ashley, how are you? Hello, Mark. Good. I'm a big fan of yours. Um, Thank you. I wanted, I wanted to call in tonight because I'm a mom from the suburbs, and I want to make a plea to all other moms and other women in the suburbs. I've never been into politics. This is my first year. It's been my great awakening, I guess you could call it. But um, my husband is in law enforcement. And I know the kind of things that go on around my town, and it's not pretty. And um, they don't just pull people over. They do neighborhood safe operations where they actually go to all the registered sex offenders' homes, make sure they're registered. They end up arresting 50 people each year because they're not living where they're supposed to, they're by school, et cetera, et cetera. If we do not vote for Donald Trump and the police are abolished, these sex offenders will be back out on the streets. And our children will not have the freedom that we had to be outside. And play and be safe. Mm-hmm. And that's what I just want and, to say. And, and people don't believe this, apparently, not enough, that they have plans for the suburbs to destroy them. They want to turn the suburbs into appendages of the big cities because the big cities need the money, they need to control. Uh, and, so, and they want to... Uh, create a Democrat Party appendages. That's exactly what this is about. It's a massive power grab, and the people in the suburbs need to understand. Obviously, I'm not talking to women in the suburbs who do understand, but the numbers are consistent, that these are the people who are moving towards Biden. Of course, I need to talk to them specifically, as I need to talk to other people specifically. All right, Ashley, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Steve Marietta, California. XM Satellite, go right ahead. Quickly, sir. Yes, sir. I just wanted to say I, I'm born in Canada, and my, my family still, a lot of my family still lives there. And everyone always tries to tell me that, you know, we, they wish they had the medical system and medical care that, that uh, Canada has where they don't have to pay. Well, first off, they pay through the nose in taxes. I mean, it's like no other. Mm-hmm. And, and more importantly, my stepmother has been two years limping around to get a knee replacement. Just finally, two days ago, she went and had her knee replaced. Two yeah. years, walking around, gimping around. Uh, and, people, and you get that in a week or ten days here, or if it's an emergency, you get it immediately. Uh, too, many, too many people who are on the dole, too many people who want freebies, that is liberals, they seem to think you'll have exactly the same health care system, but you won't have to pay anything. No, you'll have a disaster on your hands, let alone the inability to create new technologies, new products, new drugs, and all the rest of it. The rest of the world steals that stuff from us. And what they don't tell you is there's, there's a lot of a lot of top, uh, you know, high-profile people in Canada that come to the United States to have their medical yes. treatment done because they can't get it done in Canada. That's correct. People who need uh, work on their hearts, people who have diabetes. People, in other words, the people with the most serious and rarest diseases and illnesses, they can't get the help they need in time, if ever, in Canada, in Britain, in France, in Germany, and they come to the United States. Why would we want to emulate that? And trust me, when, they, when, when Biden says, I don't want the Medicare for all, and I'm not talking about that, they certainly are. And his running mate certainly has. Thank you for your call, my friend. All right, folks, 
We will all watch this together, and then together we will shut off our televisions after we watch this debate or listen to this debate. And we'll reconvene tomorrow to discuss it. And God bless each and every one of you. And good luck, Mr. President. We salute you. See you tomorrow. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.